Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, episode 57, warm-ups and cool-downs. Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, practical triathlon advice for everyday athletes, because not all of us would get a job as a contortionist at the circus. Oh, boom, delivered again, Doug. It's all that facial hair. It's really bringing out the best in you. Yeah, I was really thinking of some others, you know, stretch it, bend it, any way you like it. I don't know, something to do with warming up and cooling down, but uh, warm-ups and cool-downs are probably very different to when I were a lad. Indeed. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, nice nice to, uh, to hear you again, Gerard. Yep, it's look. I'm really loving the way this is working, Doug, and uh, so are the punters. That the the feedback I I have, um, just yeah, it, it's great having your input because we all know that listening to me gets a bit monotonous after a while. So, uh, in some ways, a long may level three last, but hopefully not too many ways. Yeah, I think lockdown has just given people a bit more time to listen to to podcasts. And uh, hey, if people are enjoying them, great, and it's uh, filling half an hour of people's days and giving them a little bit of uh, info that's helpful then, then that's what we're here for perfect that's exactly it so i can't remember what did we talk about last week that was a couple of weeks that was a week ago so uh yeah so last week we were talking about the foundations for success and uh yeah re- really that the big things in that is that yes you're your training is important and counts for a lot, but but there's so much you can do outside of your training, which is going to set you up to be really successful later in the year at those at those big events. Yep, no, I remember it now. It's lockdown has started to affect my brain, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting one. The, the, the magic word balance came up again. Um, yeah, and about just getting just getting it right, and you know you can't go hard all the time and uh, yeah, there needs to be some periods where you're just, you know, I don't know, periods of I don't know, exercising whilst maintaining and, and things like that. So, uh, even from a coaching perspective, I have to keep reminding myself that because at the moment, there's a lot of people who are really enthusiastic um, with their training simply because it's something to do, having been in lockdown and, and in the current situation. But uh, still recognizing we're heading into winter. There's a long way to go until we uh, get to the peak events where we need to be really hitting the, the the much harder training. So all of those things that we can do right now, keeping ourselves healthy, making the bodies more durable and stronger, that help them perform later. That's exactly the right stuff now, as well as a bit of a bit of hard training just for fun. Yeah, and to your, to your comment about that uh, you know, in lockdown, yeah, I suppose people. Some people might have a little bit more disposable time, for want of a better word. So they are maybe looking for, oh, here's a chance for me to go a bit harder when actually you need to look at the, the whole year and, and, and plan in that way. So, yeah, yeah a little bit, little bit challenging. You've got that extra time where you could be doing some, some bigger, harder stuff, but now is not really the time to be doing it. So a, a mental test as much of a, as a physical one at the moment. And I know it's not as much fun, but filling that extra time with some more strength and mobility work, as you know very well about at the moment, is uh, is always a great long-term thing to do. Well, what a beautiful segue. You, you've clearly learned from me over the previous 56 podcasts, Gerard. Uh, strength and mobility, 
probably links slightly to warm-ups and cool-downs, and boom, that's the topic for today's discussion. It is, and, and this one's a slightly different tangent because it's actually inspired from listening to a Fitter Radio episode recently about exactly that, about the warm-ups, and, and reviewing, they were reviewing the science behind it. And, and I just found it fascinating because it's like I'm assuming yourself and probably most other people out there listening have been drilled into us for year or over years how important warm-ups are to uh, to prepare the body for what it's doing and everything. But but listen to Fitter Radio, um, yeah, the the science doesn't actually support that. It's maybe something that makes a bit of logical sense, and there's people who would swear by it for themselves but it doesn't mean it's an absolute and that it's the right thing for everyone so i thought we'd just talk through briefly a few of the the points about warm-ups and cool downs so that people can start thinking for yourselves about uh, what's right for you or not yeah and like everything in life there's a <clears throat> there's probably a middle ground or an, a, a certain extent of warming up cooling down that, that fits for different people yeah uh, based based on many aspects i certainly remember you know, way back playing team sports, you know, rugby, football, a warm-up was, you know, a couple of laps of the paddock and then it was game on. Yeah. Um, and as, yeah. For a, as for a cool-down, the only cool thing involved in the cool-down was the beer. Um, <laughs> and, so and look, it's a different world now. Well, and interestingly, yeah, with all of the science and te- technology, is there still saying, well, actually, maybe that's okay? Yeah. Well, there'll be times when it is appropriate, times when it's not. Um, some of that might come out in the discussion. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask you a question um, because I'm not so keen on warming up. So why should I warm up, Gerard? Well, the, the traditional school of thought says that you want to literally warm up the blood, get the blood flowing, get your tissues warmed up and stretched so that they're more, more mobile. Um, probably heard various stories over years about people who just went out the door for a run and tore a calf straight away or something like that. And, and that's, I think, been a lot of the, um, the drive behind, well, you need to warm up so that that doesn't happen. But I think possibly a lot of those examples might have been just urban legends or one-off bad luck rather than actually something which is completely true and necessary. Yeah, I'd almost back to one of your uh, your time fillers that you've been throwing into my schedule, you know, strength and conditioning mm. is probably, you know, if you're doing proper strength and conditioning, the chances of you just heading out the door and going for a run and injuring yourself are, are incredibly limited. Yeah. Um, so it may have nothing to do with warming up. It's actually just the overall condition of your, of your, of your body. Yeah. There, there is another, another point that says, um, if you don't warm up well beforehand and you're doing, say, an interval session, a set of hill reps, as well, that first rep or two might actually be wasted getting your body warm, warmed up to the right level. So if you've done some harder work beforehand, then you would get more out of that set of reps. Uh, again, I don't know if that has actually been scientifically tested or not, but that was something that I certainly was told and, and had heard over the years. And, and one of the biggest ones for me personally is the alignment between perceived and actual effort that I know me is that I'm someone who is really slow to warm up. So if I do 
absolutely nothing and go and uh, try and hit a 5k park run then within the first 10 seconds is that my level of perceived effort will be absolutely off the charts even if I'm not actually running that fast at that stage it's like just cannot get the legs moving it just feels like I'm running in mud and I, I certainly know there's other people that having coached and talked to over times have those same perceptions. And so, again, that was, I, I think, a, a big driver behind why you want to warm up. Yeah, I think you, I'd, I'd be intrigued. Um, I suspect the majority of the squad perform better with a warm-up. Um, maybe could be a reflection on the average age of the squad, but uh, I'll be well, careful what that, I say that, there. No, that, that is actually a really, really good point because I certainly do see that, um, that the, yeah, as you go through older age groups is that, yeah, it does seem to take longer to get the body going, definitely. Yeah, and, and, you know, the park run that you use for the 5K time trial when we're sort of measuring ourselves and setting, setting some of our zones, um, I know a couple of times we've actually ridden out there. So, Mm. You know, got an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes on the bike, just, just cruising. Um, and then a bit of run warm up. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, you just kind of, you do, I certainly feel like I'm ready, to, far more ready to go. I can imagine if I was just starting cold, you're yeah. right, you know, boom, the, the blood's going, the heart rate spikes, you're gasping um, because the gap between zero and 5K time trial is it's big. It's pretty significant versus <laughs> you've, you've got, a bit of a sweat on you've, you've you've done a few sort of cadence intervals at you know 30 seconds just to get the legs turning over um, uh, so yeah I, I suppose I'm an advocate of the warm-up yeah and look that example of riding out to park run is a really good one because under that situation I've seen a lot of people achieve pbs and maybe their running fitness had had developed over that time and in fact quite possibly ahead, but certainly a number of people who felt that that warm-up, that extra level of warming up really did help them in their run performance. Mm. So we might as well just stop now. We've, we've <laughs> agreed that warm-up's a good thing. So, absolutely sold. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like a debating team. So we'll now hand over to the team who tell us <laughs> why not to warm up. They may sound exactly like the team who told us why we should warm up, but that's okay. <laughs> Split personalities, we can do this. Yeah. The, there's a couple of kind of really key things why, why you wouldn't want to warm up. And in particularly long races where you are someone who is not going to be going hard from the start, then there's actually no need to warm up. And if we take, for example, the round, round type or cycle challenge that people who are going to be out there on their bikes for seven, eight hours in that ride. Well, look, it's just a long ride and that they're not going to be absolutely racing off the line. So you start that first period is just helping you to warm up. You don't need to be super warmed up for that kind of situation. The, um, the, the one that I found fascinating listening to the discussion on Fitter Radio was that there's an argument that says by warming up you're expending energy at that point which you could otherwise call on to achieve a really really peak performance and so that that kind of flies in the face of what we were just saying about park run having felt that uh, there's benefits in having that ride out there and then a run warm-up that there's there's an argument that says well you've just burnt some energy and if you had saved that energy 
you maybe could have accessed that during the actual park run just to lift you up that extra one or two percent in the in the event itself and i I found that one really fascinating a a real change of mindset that's getting pretty deep into the science and the i would imagine and you know the level of energy that you have stored or available Mm. and the fact that if called upon you know that one or two percent wasn't there um that i find that one a little bit harder to um to quantify in my head, to be perfectly honest. I think also for a lot of us, um, sadly, we're not all quite at the elite level, um, but for a lot of us, that extra one or 2% could easily come from the mental side of it rather than the physiological of actually having more stored energy available that I think most of us could actually learn just how to push that little bit harder. That's going to be a a bigger gain. Mm. And there might, although not energy, but there could be an element of, you know, if you're sweating and there's a, you're slightly, you know, you're half a percent more dehydrated than you should be. I yeah. can imagine at that, yeah. at that elite level, absolutely. Um, you know, your blood's not quite as, as fluid as it should be because of the, the warm up you, you, and you didn't have that glass of water that you needed, but it's, mm. gee, there'd be some serious science needing to go into that one. I could well, understand it, it for a longer distance event, but, yeah. you know, when you're warming up, to then do a flying 5K that's going to take between, you know, at the elite level, 13 minutes and somewhere, you know, and, and beyond for, for others. Mm. Um, I, I find it hard to think that, you know, a, a 40 minute warm up is going to impact my performance. But hey, that's just well, me. And interestingly, they were talking about the example Andrea Hewitt, um, one of New Zealand's best triathletes over time, and that she doesn't warm up before a race. And, uh, yeah, just that, that absolutely astounded me. But again, I guess it really is showing that there are different people who respond in different ways. Mm. And at a professional level, I'm sure they've figured out what works for them. Yeah, and, um, and that, that's exactly kind of the message here is that um, although I encourage people to warm up for some of the reasons that, that outlined earlier, that everyone is a bit different. That, uh, yeah, you can, you can figure out what's right for you. So at the next park run, when about seven people decide <laughs> not to go on the Gerard warm-up, you're, you're not going to have a leg to stand on, mate. No, that, that's right. But hey, if they can hit PBs with it, all good to them. We can do our own little science experiment. Just don't tell anyone, oh, too late. Yep. <laughs> and, and look, I, so I think it's a good point. The, the science on this is probably really, really hard to validate. So... But but it's worth having this discussion to just just for everyone to question their assumptions and maybe consider alternatives. Yeah, I think as a sample of one being me, I I think there's something psychologically positive about doing a warm up. Yeah. Um, so that that's all all I would say. But I'm I'm one of millions. Uh, um, so it'd be interesting interesting to hear from other people experiences when they if they have warmed up and they haven't warmed up um, yeah. for, for for whatever it might be. Definitely. Um, so whether you've warmed up or not, and you've cracked out a PB 5K, um, should we cool down? Uh, the, again, the traditional school of thought says yes, that um, after, a, say, a really hard interval session or a race, that you want to, if I can do some air quotes, flush out the toxins in your body. <laughs> And there's the lactate myth, which still a lot of people um, not even just believe, it's just kind of 
It's just what's out there and known is that uh, lactate or lactic acid is the bad guy. And that's why muscles burn during training and, um, and why they're sore afterwards. But that's, that's not the case at all. But for a long time, that was believed that was true. And so, oh, okay, after you've worked hard, you need to just go really, really easy to help flush out that lactate. So that's kind of one of the, the, the biggest reasons to cool down. Um, but, but also, I don't know if you've ever, ever experienced that I have from time to time, is that after a really hard race, if you just stop, is things suddenly seize up very, very quickly. That uh, the muscles contract and get very tight. Have you ever experienced that? Um, so when you say immediately, um, actually, yeah. So <clears throat> many moons ago in 1993, um, some of our audience probably weren't even born. Um, I did the <laughs> London Marathon and I, within half an hour of finishing, actually, I remember crossing the finish line and once I stopped running, I think my ability to start running again was zero. Yeah. Yep. I, I was even walking funny. And then for days, the ability to go downstairs properly. Um, but more, more recently, after half Ironman events, where I've, I've certainly given it a, given it a, a bash, um, yeah, you, you pretty, pretty quickly uh, slow down. Um, I would have to say, just, uh, just thinking, thinking out loud, in March when I did the 70.3 um, and, and everyone else or many others were doing the full Ironman, mm. Because I wanted to support people, I didn't just go back to the accommodation and put my feet up. Right. I actually wandered around a bit. That yes, sat and rehydrated at appropriate stops, um, but I was certainly more mobile than I would usually be after an event. And yep. I think I benefited from that. I wasn't as sore the next day. Bingo. That that's one of the big um, arguments is that by by keeping movement moving, is that you enhance your recovery. And that, I think your example about the London Marathon being one of the earlier events that you did is a really good one because realistically in those days, you probably weren't that well trained. Whereas uh, today you might be a bit older, but the body's had that many more years of training in it. It's more conditioned to dealing with the intensity or the distances that we're doing. So yeah, when, you, when, you've got a, when you've got a ruler out, measuring distances on the London A to Z to figure out your training. Um, yeah, based on Sebastian Coe's How to Run Your First Marathon. And that was a book, by the way, not a website because they didn't exist. Um, yeah, it was, it was certainly a, di a, different, uh, a different world. Yeah. So you, you, you did right. So, so yeah, enhancing recovery is really the big argument for cooling down. And then there's, there's another one as well, which is around... When you've been training intensely, then your body's producing adrenaline, various other hormones, things that have you in kind of the, the fight or flight mode of, of basic survival instincts. And that's what lets you really crank out the really, really hard, intense efforts. But if you, uh, if you just instantly stop those, then maybe your body is still in that fight or flight mode. And so actually being able to come back down to normal life and particularly uh, if you do a, a hard training session at night and then getting to sleep afterwards for some people is definitely a, a problem. So the idea with a cool down is that it helps bring your body back down to normal life levels so that you can return to normal function in life. 
that makes that t- makes total sense to me. I've certainly experienced that. You know, doing a session, you know, going for a run at half seven at night till mm. half past eight, and yeah, yeah, it does take a, a bit to 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 wind down. Um, let alone some of the northern hemisphere participants, Gerard, on your uh, squad rides, your virtual rides. <laughs> you know, finishing at eleven thirty at night. Uh, be interesting to just to see how how the sleep pattern was <laughs> after that. That's right. I think think Briar was uh, partying after that, so would have been absolutely fine. <laughs> um, but, but so yeah, so that, that's so, all why you should. Mm. What what so that you, you're now going to give the the counter argument as to to why not cool down? And we're all hoping that this is a really good reason that we can use. <laughs> well, the reality is, when you stop exercising, your heart rate reduces. Your uh, blood flow goes back down. You, uh, yeah, you, 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 you do not stay in that fight or flight mode forever. Your body does eventually just come back to baseline levels anyway. So whether you so cool the down ideal, or not, ideal cool down, yeah, is just to find a comfortable chair, a cold beverage, and put your feet up. Well, potentially for some people, absolutely is. And 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 that's again that kind of we've had over traditional schools of thought telling us this is why we should do it. And a lot of it seems logical. And in fact, a lot of it, some of us will find does work for us, but doesn't necessarily have to. If you, if you jump off the trainer, I certainly know, uh, know people who can jump off the trainer at nine o'clock at night and go to bed quite happily afterwards. Would you add, it's not so much cool down, but um, sort of a post-race massage into this. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and again, that's from the angle of enhancing recovery. Because, and if you think again about some of those traditional arguments that massage people always talked about using that to flush toxins out of the body, hmm. and that it's it's warming up the muscle and it's um it's keeping it warm rather than letting it just cool down and instantly contract. Yeah. So so certainly there's um yeah big arguments for doing that. And personally, I I feel like it makes a really big difference to me. What I've never done is actually tested that in any scientific way by going out the next day again to perform um, in, in an event. So does it just feel good because muscles aren't quite so tight or does it actually enhance my recovery, my performance potential? Yeah, and I think you might have hit the nail on the head there. So you've kind of, one of the, you know, one of the key points is it feels good to you mm. and it feels right to you. Yep. Um, so, you know, if you were summarizing <laughs> the, the whys and why nots for warming up and cooling down, um, yeah, um, it, it, that, that would probably be the, be the first one is, is what feels right to the individual. That's right. It, it, honestly, it is, it is so individual. So yeah, do, do have a think about it. Maybe challenge your assumptions, try some different things. Um, but really, like like so much else in the sport that we're doing, knowing yourself and how you respond is just as important as following any training plan or anything specific that you do. Yeah, that's an interesting. Just jumping back before you, I think we're sort of bringing ourselves to a conclusion. I was just thinking about my my training, and I don't I don't uh, consciously warm up for anything except those five k time trials. Right. Oh, but, you know, if but we're going even, for a ride, we just we just meet it where we're meeting. If I'm going for a run, I go out the door and 
off I right. go. Actually, mind you, some of the runs, yeah, the, the warm-up is, is probably a, a slightly slower start to a session. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Certainly the squad sessions, we do we do warm-up. So um, just if you could just delete the last two minutes of me talking from the <laughs> podcast, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> oh, always fascinating to see the inner workings of your head, Doug. <laughs> And if it, if it's about the individual, then you, I suppose you just base that on on experience over time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and I think that everything, all the information that we put out there, and everything else that people read, is that they should question traditional assumptions, question what you've been told in the past, um, figure out what feels right to you, and and what's worked or not in the past for you. It, it really is. The biggest thing through all this is learning about ourselves and trying new ideas, going with what works, putting aside the ones that don't. Yep. No, perfect summary. Again, that magic word balance. There's somewhere in the middle or somewhere uh, along the spectrum of not doing anything at all and doing loads of, of, of warming up and cooling down, um, there'll, be, there'll be somewhere that works right for, uh, for the individual. Yeah, and, and look, I guess I'm opening myself up to some trouble here because, uh, yeah, no longer will I be able to say anything and assume that people are listening and going to do it. They're going to be questioning everything, going to be finding reasons well, to ignore what I say. They will have said they found it on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> exactly. Great way to finish. Thank you for another great session, Gerard. Um, it's always always nice to sort of challenge the, I don't know, what is potentially the status quo. Uh, mm. Most people would probably think you should warm up, you should cool down, but yeah, intriguing to uh, to hear what you had to say. So uh, thanks again and uh, yeah, have a, have a great week ahead. Fabulous, Doug. See you again.